Arcadia Queenie had a peep over the right shoulder and she's going to blow them away. Galaxy Star beats Gatting and Material Man. Welcome to Racing Rewind, proudly presented by Sessions, who stands the 22-23 season at Oakland Park Star. If you have an opinion, send a text to 0427-789-571. That's 0427-789-571. Run, Bruce, and home run, but northerly Danny Miller pumping away, and northerly wins the railway from old comrade Lizzie Longleg, flashed up on the inside. Yes, a very good morning once again, one and all. It's nine minutes past eight o'clock. Welcome to Racing Rewind. It's a bit chaotic in here this morning. Britt Taylor joins me. A very good morning to you, Britt. Good morning, Alex. We are, uh, well, I don't know if chaotic is the right word, but it's, uh, we're a man down. We're a man down. It's uh, just the two of us, and uh, we're going to get through this next hour. Unfortunately, all the subs are, are not available. Lockie and Scott are off to Kalgoorlie, so they're probably at the airport now, and uh, Mike unavailable so it's just you and I. It is it is but we've got plenty to get through and looking forward to the next 50 minutes as a stack to talk about. The first thing we're going to touch on before we get to yesterday's Belmont Park program is the launch or well the announcement of mm. the pinnacles during the week which is fantastic. It's been a long long time since we've had uh, stakes raising for our feature events in the spring and the summer but it was announced this week we've got uh, $1.5 million for our group ones now in place of the $1 million. And, of course, we've got this new fourth $1.5 million mm. race that is uh, set to be named by uh, well, the, readers, the public. Yeah, the, West the readers, Australian the West readers. Australian, yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll maybe throw out a few names in a moment. But what, what did you make of the announcement, first of all? It was great news. And, of course, I did see you have a photo with the uh, It's a Radar who might be featuring prominently in the carnival. Yeah, it was funny. I was uh, When I was getting a photo with It's a Radar, I was trying to hold the Winterbottom Trophy, which, might I add, is the heaviest trophy I have ever held in my life. I've got a bruise on my hip from trying to carry it on my hip. It would be 25 kilos. It is so heavy. Uh, and It's a Radar was trying to just bowl me over to get to the trophy. So hopefully that's a good sign <laughs> of things to come come November 26th for It's a Radar. Uh, who we'll touch on later from yesterday's program. But uh, I think it's been, you know, a very welcomed prize money boost uh, and it was necessary in order to be competing with the Eastern States. Now, we know the level of money that they've got over there is crazy and they've had their own announcements, but I think it was really good for WA to be boosting it. And I think the addition of that fourth $1.5 million race is the key because it means if you are coming over, you're potentially coming for a $3 million campaign, not as as it was in the past, a $1 million campaign. So uh, I think it's, you know, really, really welcomed. And uh, I'm excited to see what that carnival looks like because now it'll kind of be stretched over five weeks so rather than the three weeks. And um, you, you know when it gets to that time of year that people really try and make the effort to be there for as many of the uh, days as they can. So hopefully we can really make those five days real, really stand out for WA. And, of course, the Placid Arc Stakes has been yeah. raised the Takes to five hundred thousand dollars, the three-year-old event yeah. on the. That's the first 19th week. Nineteenth yeah. of November, isn't it? Yeah, it's at the first uh, at the start of the carnival, which is an important race in the lead up to the carnival. Exactly, uh, and it's it's good to see that sort of money for the three-year-olds as well. I know there'll be a lot of conversation, and I spoke to a number of people yesterday who are purists who you know sort of flag. Oh, but what about the Perth Cup and, and whatnot? And there's certainly you know there's validity to that argument as well, but. 
I like where it stands. The, the Placid Arc to me is a really exciting race and um, I'm really looking forward to what that carnival looks like and it's like to see what they come up with for this name, for this final race. I asked, ideas? Well, I asked Bob Peters, because we were talking in the last race after Billy Ray won about... Uh, how he came up with the name Billy Ray out of heartache. And I said, well, if it's that creative, Bob, what, what name would you come up with? And uh, he came back to me after the interview and he said, what about the swan? Something about the swan. We've got the Swan River. Um, so he's going to give a little bit more thought to it, but that was off the top of his head. That's what he thought. So uh, I don't mind the sand groper. I think that's uh, quite, you know, WA. Um, you, you get the feeling it's going to be something like that, isn't it? The way these new race names are trending over east, you get the four pillars, the Golden Eagle, uh, the Everest, and then yeah. the, the All Star. It's, that's, that's not really, you don't get the something stakes yeah, anymore, do you? It's named. Uh, in honour of something or in tribute to something, you think it'll be something like the Sand Groper or the Swan, not the Quokka. Not the Bell Tower. No, <laughs> no we'll yeah, knock no, a few well, of those no, over. Thank you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the, it's an interesting name, the Pinnacles, uh, uh, replacing the Masters. I uh, was a bit surprised by that, but not, not in a bad way. I think I just... You just weren't expecting field. it, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I guess I like it makes it. sense. And when you look at the graphic and it's, you know, got those five Pinnacles, it, it's not one summit in you know in terms of like an Everest there's multiple high points so I guess it kind of if you think about it like that makes makes sense and obviously when you you actually google because I googled WA attractions it's the first thing that comes up the pinnacles which surprises me. Is that our main attraction? Yeah that's that's a bit concerning. Um, No but I have been told that it was worth just Go in the drive-by. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about paying I've been the entry told the fee. Same thing. But anyway, who cares what the actual pinnacles are like? It's all about the racing. It's all about the racing. And I love this last line in, or one of the last lines in the uh, announcement: the recharging of this important spring racing festival is part of our recent commitment to an extra thirty million dollars in funding for WA Racing by twenty twenty-five. The biggest boost in our history, which is fantastic. It's great to see that kind of cash being injected into the industry. And I like Simon Miller's quote as well. Gone are the days where you can think mm. as an Eastern States runner, you can bring over a second class or a second stringer yeah. and be competitive in our best races. We've got the, some of the best trainers, the best horses, and now some really good races, and you're going to have to bring the best to beat us. And I think we showcased that yesterday with She's a Belter over there winning the Group 1 JJ Atkins. What, what an absolute start. I that- was trying to, I was racking my brain trying to think of a two-year-old from the West who's performed in the features here, like, or even won a race here as a two-year-old and gone over Eastern. I, I looked there. on Twitter and that question was posed and some of the, you know, people who keep these sort of records can't recall a two-year-old from the West going over and winning a, a group one. Yes, it's three, but not as a two-year-old. So uh, to see what she's done as a horse that in the Perth sale, I think she was passed in at 35,000. The reserve was 50, so they might have picked her up for that. She beats political debate who was a $900,000 yearling. Like, it's just so lovely to see and um, great to see Willie as well with that partnership. Yeah, I, I I think it meant a lot to Willie. I this, think it did. This uh, last few weeks being on She's a Belt or the last couple of um, wins on him, he just seems he, he's normally very level-headed, mm. doesn't really get too up and about about anything, uh, any wins. He's won so many races. But we spoke to him on the aftermath after the size produce win and I heard, saw an interview with him yesterday. It just seems to mean a bit to this to him, this victory or when, the, these couple of victories, when which is great. When you're from WA... 
there is something about the WA family that, mm. you know, once you're over east, there's, there's nothing better. Uh, when I got to interview... Uh, Willie over during the Melbourne Cup Carnival. It was every time, you know, he'd win a race, it was just something really special about yeah. it. We're like, oh, yeah, just two kids from Perth, you know. <laughs> um, so I think when you're able to combine with WA Connections, I think it'll always be really special to him. Absolutely, absolutely. And we touched on She's a Belter, but I think it's just worth reiterating what an enormous performance she's done to basically not have a spell mm. since her debut run, win the Magic Millions, truck ride over to the east, which took a week, have those two really painstaking runs on heavy tracks, which she clearly didn't handle, and still be able to back up, go up north to Queensland, win a size produce in emphatic fashion, mm. coming from well back, and then win the group one when really she was meant to be going for a spell. Yeah. And she backs up and uh, all of a, a couple of weeks later, wins a mile race. Add a group one, and then you add like the value now of her as a broodmare. I was just at the Magic Millions broodmare sale, and some of the money that comes for those well-performed fillies and mares is insane. So she's worth a lot of money as a broodmare now and has already won a lot of money on the track. Yeah, and uh, her dam, the WA filly Saxa, will be worth a fair bit now yeah, as well, I dare say. Exactly. It's good to see. Uh, the WA filly being the side there, Saxabelle, she won as a two-year-old here in Perth, I remember. She uh, won on debut, I think, and... Uh, was beaten in the the supremacy and the Karakata pa- passing that. So clearly there's the two-year-old pedigrees there. Absolutely, absolutely. Morning all. How about the Kimberley for the new race? The Kim- Kimberley, yeah. yeah I like it. Keeps, that. Well, there's already the Kimberley Cup Keep texting in the uh, yeah, suggestions. I like that. I like, I like, that, like that, that as well They're, because we are... You know, as a state, we've got such a length and breadth of our state. We talk is, about our attractions, the yeah. Pinnacles one, but the Kimberley, in terms of our whole state, the Kimberley's right up there. Yeah, 100%. No, I, I like that. Give that a tick. What else <laughs> the, have we got? The Super Pit Cup. The, no, we'll give the Super Pit a miss. <laughs> that's, um, that's that's right up. I like Soph's suggestion, the Bush Chook. <laughs> the Bush Chook, the Bush Chook. <laughs> yeah, bring, keep, in those suge- keep coming with those suggestions. That's, a, that's good. The Kimberley, I don't mind the Kimberley, the Super Pit Cup. I don't mind that either. That could be like a lead-in to the... No. No, you don't like it? No, I visited the super pit once and it was just... What did you think? Oh, look. It's just a big <laughs> it's hole. A big hole. <laughs> it's not... I wouldn't go back. <laughs> okay, well, well, I don't mind it anyway. Maybe it can be run at Kalgoorlie as a lead in. The yeah, Ron's, that would be good. Do the Ron Sayers it. Cup in tribute. Special, very yeah, special. make it very special. There'd certainly be a sentimental element to that as well. But I'm really looking forward to it, actually. I yep. really am looking forward to the Pinnacles now after that announcement. I think it was fantastic. It had been long sought after, a race to the stakes for our features, and it hadn't occurred. It did this week, which is fantastic. All right, we'll take an ad break. Rid on the other side, we'll get through this Belmont Park program. It was a really good program of racing yesterday, of course, headlined by the C-Corp Hyperion Stakes, the Group 3 event, which was run over the mile. Nine races to get through. It's 19 past eight, 16 degrees in Perth. It is 21 minutes past eight. Welcome back to Racing Rewind with Alex Flahos and Britt Taylor this morning. You know what? We're going to uh, offer up a $50 tab touch voucher, Britt, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. We've had a fair few come through. Mm. Uh, I reckon we... Well, there's a couple here that might end up being the actual one. I don't mind them. But um, we'll get... 
listeners to text in their names or okay. their suggestions for this new $1.5 million race that, of course, does need to be named. And at the end of the hour, I'm going to present them to you. Okay. And you're going to pick your favourite. And whoever you pick, that listener, will win a $50 Tab Touch voucher. So get them oh, in. We've don't got a... say we don't look after the listeners no, on the Sunday aftermath. That's, that's as well as the $100 voucher available for the Sunday Saviours. So, oh. so get your Sunday Saviours in as well. We've had the Argyle. Oh, that's and cool. the suggestion is the Argyle and make the trophy a diamond-encrusted horseshoe oh. with diamonds from the Argyle mine. Oh, now that, <laughs> now that like is something I would race. like to win. <laughs> the Indian Ocean. Okay, yep. The Indian Ocean, Indian don't Ocean. mind that. The Black Swan, the Black which Swan, is yep. along the lines of um, Bob Peters' suggestion. Yep. The Forest, the Western Aurora. Why Forest? Oh, like Twiggy. Forest, John Forest, yeah, Forest, yep, yep, okay. No explanation there. It just says the forest, the sunset. That's actually, I think we forget being here that it's so iconic that you know the sunset over mm. the beach. But you, obviously, you go over east, and that doesn't happen. When you think of it, yeah, it never hadn't really considered that, but it is pretty iconic. In that terms is very of Australian. iconic, and you know what? It's the final race of the series, so you know the sun setting on the series. It's a bit poetic. Yeah, I, I like, like it. it. I like, I like it. it. Who's that from? That was good. That was uh, from Michael from Salter Point, the Augustus from Jeffrey. There's a fair few coming through now. It's 23 past eight. Let's get into the review of uh, Belmont Park yesterday. Britt, it was a good day's racing, mm. and we kicked it off with the two-year-olds, a free entry to Belmont Park plate worth the 80K, and the scratching here was upper limits. The favourite vampire play for Brad and Neville Parnham. Tropical Sun last at the top of the straight. 400 from home and he goes to work now. Parnham on final series and tries to get a break on them. Final series leads the way by two and a half. Rock on Molly. Down the outside Vampire play. Capo Veloce really had nothing to offer at all. Final series with 150 to go. Leads the way from Vampire play who had a tendency to want to roll across the heels of final series. Final series responding though under the vigour and final series proves too good. Does it from start to finish. Beats Homer in Second place, Vampy at play. Rock on Molly ran third from Capo Veloce. Give it every chance. Okay, that was final series. Third win in a row there yesterday. Chris Parnham and Trevor Andrews combining Vampy at play. That was the Gallopers' third, second placing in a row. And Rock on Molly finished third. What did you make of the two-year-old event, Brick? Look, really good by final series, who I think was aided by the fact that Upper Limits came out in the morning. I did see Jeremy Easthope's uh, post saying that uh, the gilding wasn't 100%, so now goes to the paddock. So we won't see Upper Limits again this campaign and uh, is hopeful that he comes back a, a bigger and stronger horse next time in, but has done a lot right this uh, in in this campaign but final series well for a two-year-old having start number six in his debut campaign that's not easy to do Mm. to be winning your last three um a horse that trevor said that last campaign when he was in work he probably put him in the will you make it pile didn't really think a whole lot of him but it's amazing when they go away, have a little bit of a break and how they can keep rising to the occasion. I still don't think he's a superstar, but I think he's winning races because he is really, really professional. He's a cult. Sorry, even when he was a cult, was really professional, um, Trevor was saying, but even now as a gelding, um, eyes on the prize. He was as relaxed as anything um, when he's in the yard and in his races, goes straight to the top. He wins his races from out in front. Trev saying, you know, is that is that one pace sort of type. So uh, I heard Chris earlier on today saying, you know, he's probably not going to measure up to those top line three-year-olds when we come to the back end of the year. But 
sometimes you don't need to. You you have them for their strengths. And he's a West Speed Platinum horse who has won his last three, six runs out of a first campaign and goes to the paddock with some very, very happy owners after winning a lot of prize money. Yeah, well, for a horse that, as you said, Trevor initially thought maybe is not too much yeah. good, he's come out in his second preparation up, uh, sorry, at the back end of his first preparation, I should say, second preparation uh, did have a couple of trials back in October, but he's won three races, a two-year-old no Metro win, a two-year-old no Metro win, and a two-year-old set weights and penalties, collected 87 for prize money, and then another 79 for the West Speed. So a $65,000 yearling sale purchase and has uh, well and truly paid that back with three winter two-year-old Exactly. Event wins. So. And they don't owe you anything mm. after that then. Uh, you know, like he's, he's made them their money back, given a huge thrill, and just hopefully when he comes back he can continue to go on with it. But uh, we do see sometimes those two-year-olds that, you know, win these early races and, and get away with one with just their professionalism um, that maybe they don't always come back. But we will see with final series when he returns. Vampy at play still has a lot to learn. Clearly she's got a lot of ability to playing God Philly but she was just laying in really badly in the concluding stages and probably you know cost herself the race by doing so but she's only lightly raced. Yesterday was just her third career start so uh, adds another second to the tally of, of those three career starts. She's finished second at all three. Uh, the other horse that is such a head scratcher is that Tropical Sun. Last time out just was out the back over a thousand meters and you're thinking yep like this horse just needs a bit more ground and the way that she was able to balance up last start after being tailed off and then finish off really strongly was quite impressive and I thought you know she might be able to run a bit of a cheeky race up to 1400 but again just didn't keep up and didn't finish off either so uh, whether or not she's had enough for the campaign. Race number two was the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Handicap. No Metro wins in the last year. 1,200 metres was the journey. And the newcomer to the Susan Olive Stable, Rule Lee, was the well-supported favourite. Uh, it was quite an open betting race, though. Tessa Medici, who's next to last in company with Semma Gel, who's out very wide on the track. Stella Fair wheels into the home straight. They go past the 350. Safety Bay came away from the fence. Rule Lee was able to drive right up behind them, but still got no where to go, trying to work around heels as Safety Bay reaches the lead from Stella Fair. Now Rulee gets clear. Down the outside comes Semagel. Rulee hits the front from Safety Bay. Semagel runs to third, but Rulee. Rulee at the first outing for trainer Sue Olive beat Safety Bay. Semagel jumping out of the ground late. Contessa Medici might have grabbed fourth in front of Stella Okay, Rule Lee got the split late and ran over the top of Safety Bay and Semigel in the second. Messy race this, and there was plenty to read in the stewards' report as well. Victoria Corville was reprimanded for careless riding, uh, for holding Semigel in restricted room, who had to be eased. And then Tash Faithful pleaded guilty to a charge of careless riding. Uh, where she shifted inwards at the thousand when insufficiently clear of Semigel, which was tightened and restrained. Pink and Pink and grey also uh, had to be tightened, uh, eased and misstrode. So a bit happening there. Faithful was suspended for a period of 12 days. So uh, Tash will be on the sidelines for a little bit, but uh, it just made it pretty messy in the early stages. And uh, one horse that probably wasn't impacted was Rooley, three back the fence, who uh, was obviously, as you mentioned, having the first start for the Sue Olive stable, was previously with Vaughan Sigley and uh, Sue only has had the horse for two weeks or so, so um, she said that there wasn't really a lot that she'd done with the mare. She'd just been, you know, getting her used to 
their surroundings and just had the one gallop on Tuesday to get her ready for this. And off that gallop, Sue was confident that she could run a race. And I think you only have to go back to last start to see that Ruley was going to run a race while it reads 9th of 13th on paper, just with the gate. Ruley ended up a long way back um, and when you get a horse like that that you know does get back you, you need a little bit of luck and having drawn two yesterday was able to settle three back the fence and when the gaps came um, I liked it I watched it with Geordie and he goes you Leon Ruley and uh, that's exactly uh, what they did and uh, sailed to victory so that was really good for the Sue Olive camp there but Semigel well Semigel's mentioned fairly frequently in that stewards report having uh, been interfered with and just it was just a horror show for Semigel who I thought was you know brave to be running uh, third crossed early and had to ease and just kept losing that spot I thought Holly did a good job to still find three deep with cover um, but the horse was just over racing and a senior rider embargo has gone on Semigel. Yes, and uh, again, that Susan Olive and Kira Yule combination succeeding. Of course, I had success a couple of weeks ago with Kay May. Moving on to race number three on the program yesterday, the Morley Growers Market Handicap for the three-year-olds. $80,000 was the purse, the favourite Sniparucci for the Stephen Milliard last 450 from home and the tail ender without Reg Red 53 first up led them 400 to go, a length and a half on the Philly Snipperucci, two lengths behind them via Monte, Cold Chisel making ground coming down the outside wore him, cuts back towards the inside, followed then by Seduce Me, Snipperucci hit the front on the outside, Cold Chisel comes at it via Monte, Seduce Me, four across the track, Snipperucci, Seduce Me, Seduce Me on the outside grabs the lead and Seduce Me draws clear. Seduce me, beats home Snipperucci. Cold Chisel might have just grabbed third. Yeah, yet another promising filly from the Simon Milliard. Uh, out wide on the course, got the better of the favourite Snipperucci late here, Brit, in the third. Cold Chisel battled the way well for third. I got the feeling from Simon that Seduce Me going into a Saturday was a little bit more of a throw at the stumps than it was, you know, being really, really confident. Uh, she'd been in the midweeks and had run four, third, you know, had been really, even last preparation, had been consistent and, and running into some nice types. Last preparation, you look, you go, the Velvet Queen, Pat's got sass, even um, first up this campaign, Colossal, who I think they have an opinion of. So um, Simon elected just to go, yeah, let's, let's just give her a crack at this uh, better company. And she rose to the occasion. She's a Beautiful, loose-walking, relaxed sort of filly, and uh, she was able to settle three back the fence. That's actually probably something to just take note of with the the track pattern yesterday in the the first four races. I think all the horses uh, that won were rails in run um, for this opening part of the meeting. So uh, she was another one in that position. It was interesting to watch early. Snipperucci obviously found the front, and then all of a sudden was taken over by Red Fifty Three. He was very, very disappointing. I think watching him pre-race that he ran his race pre-race there were obviously big expectations of what he uh, has done previously trailed up nicely ahead of this first up run but he was just getting too worked up he was with the clerk he was still getting warm and he ended up pulling up with an elevated heart rate and I just think he'd worked himself up too much. Um, Grant Williams said that the earmuffs will go on for next start and the blinkers will come off. So hopefully that can see him uh, run up to what we know he can do. But I just think yesterday was, uh, you have to put a line through because I think he was just a bit too worked up. And um, when we saw him take off and head to the front, he just wasn't able to sustain that at the finish.
Okay, moving on to race number four on yesterday's program, the Heineken 3 Handicap. It was a fairly open race, uh, seven sprinters going around over the 1,000 metres. Followed then by Bazoom, Cryptic Love is last of all, the fleet-footed Grey and young Taj Dyson had a peep over the right shoulder and livened him up the veteran. Mervyn led down by the 275 in pursuit though Bright Diamond Angelic Missy always struggling, so's Pans down who hasn't fired a shot a hundred to go, Bright Diamond runs past Mervyn, Bazoom he always Angelic Miss all fighting out the miners but it's a first up victory for Bright Diamond Bright Diamond won more than a length either he always or Angelic miss. Tight goes second. Bazoom yeah, tracked up beautifully. Bright diamond for Clint Johnston-Porter behind the getaway leader, Mervyn, for much of the event. Pulled out at the top of the straight, got to the outside of Mervyn and was too strong. And uh, this caught the punters by surprise a little bit, Bright Diamond. 368 to $6 with the official prices, Britt. Yeah, big drift there, wasn't it? Uh, Bright Diamond having her first start now in the Adam Durant care. And uh, we saw her last preparation go through that Phillies series, uh, Phillies and Mares series, Jungle Miss, Jungle Dawn, Starstruck, the Latrice. So got out to 1800 and I'm just not sure that that is her go. She's a daughter of I Am Invincible. Um, and, and whilst, you know, often Bob's types of mares and the horses that he even buys, that they're, they're all um, those types that do get over that little bit more ground. I'm just wondering if maybe she's more of a, a short course type of horse. Um, the one thing that Bob did highlight post-race was that she really needs these soft tracks. It's something that he said all along with this horse. I think she had some feet issues early. So with that, I think that uh, this is, you know, going to be a really fruitful campaign for her. It, when we do have the rain about at Belmont, she's going to get those soft tracks that she likes. And the run over always was huge, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. The bullocking work and just kept coming. Raquel Reed's doing a great job um, at the moment. Um, we saw E-Always winning uh, last start and uh, great to see, again, you know, a horse that's won five races at a thousand meters so is really effective um at, at the journey and uh was a, a great performance there yesterday i mean bright diamond annie always they were both the ones that were leading up the rest of the field when mervyn tears away mervyn does what mervyn does I, I honestly thought at the top of the straight i thought no Mer- this may just be mervyn's yeah, race when here has a look behind yeah, he, thought he might have been. I, tra- yeah, I just thought that maybe Merv might uh, hold on, being the, the thousand meter horse. He had a really good break on them, but gee, he uh, really paddles what late. What do you do with a horse like Mervin no. now? It's a thousand meters. That was probably his race. Mm. If he was going to win a race. His race to win. He's rated uh, so highly. Ninety two might go down to ninety one after that. You just keep going along it's, with those thousand metre races and hope you can pick one up. so hard. I mean, this is the first time he's been in a ratings race in a long, long time. He's been exclusively in black type racing for for ages now. So, you know what's funny? When you look, he's won three races at 1,200 metres, which is hard, yeah. hard to imagine, albeit that was um, a while ago. But, uh, yeah, so Mervyn is always a, a little bit of a hard one. Um, Pans down, very, very disappointing, I thought. Uh, he certainly looked fit enough to be running, and it's only a 1,000 metres as well. It's been 77 days since we last saw him, but I did think he was a bit of a flop. So uh, I wonder what comes out of that. We know that the Simon Miller Yard had uh, a couple of weeks ago a few horses pull up with mucus, so um, no doubt they will have been scoped um, straight away, pans down, to see if they could find any excuses. And uh, good to see Bazoom return as well. She obviously had cardiac arrhythmia six weeks ago, so um, is... Uh, 
Satisfied with her run, obviously a bit short probably of what her best distance is. Exactly right. So uh, we've seen her so effective, 12, 1400 metres. So I think she'll be uh, one that we can uh, follow throughout the campaign. Race five, the Amelia Park handicap over the 2100 metres. Quite an open market here. Alkaline was the narrow favourite for Lucy Warwick and Tony Giglietta off the bridle. Alkaline travelling well. Needs to get clear though. Coming into the home turn. A run about to come its way along the fence. Followed then on the outside. Harrogain further back. Acting God warming to the task. It's heaps of Moolah. Down past the 275 a length and a half. Harrogain Alkaline Acting God is running on strongly. Then Mojo Rhythm. Shadow Girl making ground. Acting God had gone to the front. Harrogain tries to go with it. Inside the last hundred. Acting God Harrogain. Harrogain comes at Acting God. Acting God though prevails. Acting God does too well. Acting God beat Aragain. Mojo Rhythm, third wide out ahead of Alkaline. Right behind them, Shadow Girl, Dark Lass, heaps of Moolah Sun. That was the running of race number five and Acting God, successful, been in really good form this campaign. Last four starts, two wins and two placings for this Bruce Watkins trained gelding. Britt defeated Aragain and Mojo Rhythm yesterday. Yeah, I thought... What was particularly impressive about Acting God's victory is that seven days ago, just before that 66-plus run over the mile, I interviewed Bruce Watkins on Sky Thoroughbred Central and uh, was trying to get a little bit of a push for the punters. I think the horse was around $10 that day. And uh, he said, oh, probably not a necessarily a winning proposition today. Hopefully he's attacking the line really strongly, he said. But in all honesty, in my heart of hearts, I think he's actually looking for further now. And his intention was always in seven days to back him up into this 2100 metre race. So I love when something is, you know, a, a plan. And um, that's exactly what it was yesterday with Acting God. They, you know, targeted this race. The horse is going super at the moment. And, uh, Jason Whiting was just really keen. He drew barrier two, but just tried to stay one off the fence, which he was successful in doing. And throughout running, it you would be really happy if you're on acting God with the way that he was uh, travelling into the race. And Bruce is, thinks that, you know, this is his wheelhouse now. There's, you know, 2100 and, and beyond that as well. He's a, a son of playing God and um, it's the first time that he's stepped up to this journey, but he certainly ticked the box and he did it with 59 and a half as, a well, as well. So I thought that was a, a really good performance by Acting God. Moving right along to race number six, first leg of the quaddy, the Glenroy Chaff handicap worth $60,000 over the 1,200 metres. There was a stack of chances in this event according to the market. Fourth at the 4.50. Premium choice handy to the pace. In the middle, Lord Augustus. Back near the inside, ridden along Charming Bell. And Eracity, memorable miss. Head the others with Bourbon Bowen enticing. Multinational led the way. Here comes Magic to exceed, though. Magic to exceed. Headed Multinational. Down past the 200. Behind them, premium choice. Eracity enticing. Cutting right back to the inside. Coming with its run. Magic to exceed. Multinational enticing the rail. Magic to exceed. Multinational. Magic to exceed. Magic to exceed has bloused multinational. There's four of them there for third. Charming Bell weaving away through in the middle. Premium choice, Eracity. Yeah, this horse flies fresh. That's now three starts. First up, two wins in a second. Had produced two really good trials. First up since December last year. Magic to exceed. Looks a pretty promising type for the Sean and Jake Casey stable, Britt. Yep, and he has been gelded in between the campaigns as well, which I think we're going to see the real Magic to exceed this time. Last preparation, he was... Dawn described him as he was getting narky. He, he was really showing, you know, those culty tendencies and um, 
now that he's been gelded, I think we get to see, you know, the true horse and uh, for both Magic to Exceed and Multinational, both of them were first up. Both of them were out of that same trial where they ran one, two and uh, they turned the tables on race day because it was Magic to Exceed who ran second in that trial. So they turned that around. Multinational, I thought, looked absolutely outstanding for his return uh, to racing and I, I'm looking forward to watching what he can do this campaign. He ran, you know, in a Aretha behind its array day, albeit it was a bit of a beaten margin, but clearly there was that sort of opinion of him to go to a, a three-year-old feature. Uh, this was the slowest of the three 1200s on the day, so probably no real surprise to see the horses that were 1-2 in running run 1-2, and it was a real bunched finish for third. Uh, memorable Miss, who was all, another horse that was returning, Bob did flag before the race that maybe this would be a little bit uh, short for her at the 1200 metres, but she was blocked for a run in the straight, so uh, have to be forgiving of that. Premium choice. I couldn't remember. Last start when I spoke to Tony Trescari, uh, he said that oh, this horse has a breathing issue, needs a needs a wind up, and uh, couldn't remember if he said he was just going to give one more, which would have been yesterday, and then paddock, or whether he had actually said no, I'd like to go to the paddock. So either way, I dare say that horse isn't far away from going to the paddock. Okay, it is 17 minutes to 9 o'clock, 17 degrees in Perth, expecting a top of 20 degrees today. Get your Sunday saviours in and don't forget $50 Tab Touch voucher up for grabs in about 10 minutes' time, maybe 12 minutes' time. Britt Taylor will be making her decision on which name she likes most of the suggestions for the new $1.5 million race in the Pinnacles series later in the year. So... Race seven yesterday was the Vale Merv Posner handicap worth $80,000 over the 1,200 metres. Favourite, it's a Ray Day, narrowly in front of Timely Outburst. The 450, it's charge in front by length. Timely Outburst, two clear of cross statement, position of power. Carberry makes his move with it's a Ray Day, working into it pretty well. Back inside of those state attorney and MTA comes to the extreme outside in front of Chile is hot. Timely Outburst hit the front of the 200, joined quickly and headed off by it's a Ray Day with MTA in pursuit. It's a Ray Day. Took them to the 100, though. A length and a half clear from MTA, and Chile is hot. It's a Ray Day. MTA comes. It's a Ray Day wins it. It's a Ray Day beat MTA. Chile is hot. Ran third from Timely Outburst. Pims Royale stayed at two. Back to the winner's list for It's a Ray Day. Bouncing back after that uh, subpar performance on the 21st of May. He's now on five of eight. It's a Ray Day. It was uh, pretty impressive there, holding off MTA late, and Chile is hot into third at odds. Oh, great to see him bounce back. Yeah, genuine and excuses last start when he was lame in the off hind. He had mucus as well. Paddy Carberry drew 10 yesterday and <laughs> Paddy is just riding so, so well. What a peach it was to land a spot and uh, just rounding for home when he peeled him three deep. You could just see him travelling into the race so well and you thought, oh, he's back to his best today. And uh, he's still a bit of a work in progress, which is, is crazy to say when he's, you know, just won his fifth race, but he's still getting to the front and floating a little bit, a little bit of a quirky sort of animal. Um, we all know going into the gates last start, he was, you know, reluctant to load. He, he still was a little bit, um, showed a little bit of reluctance to go in and then was a little bit edgy in the gates as well, Paddy said. So, that's just him at the moment, I think, until he learns to really settle. But from a, a pre-race point of view, he walked around the mountain yard like a, like an old hack. He was, you know, beautiful and relaxed. He just gets to the barriers and I think um, gets a little bit excited. But uh, 
that's pretty exciting to think that when there's still work in progress, when a horse is, you know, still hitting the front and having a little bit of a think about it, that the the penny probably still hasn't fully dropped and uh, we're still a little while while away from the one that they really want and that is the winter bottom and that's the the way he'll head uh, so I think he's doing the right things and it was good to see him bounce back uh, to the winner's circle it was also good to see MTA a horse that we know can run a really good race fresh, which is exactly what he did last start at a big, big price. He was, I think, north of $50 last start and was able to run second and you know, ran very close to Rockanori. And the question was, he did that last campaign and then he didn't back it up second up. Would he be able to do that yesterday uh, second up into the campaign and he did. Uh, I interviewed Trevor just before the race on Sky Thoroughbred Central and he said he was really conscious just to keep him as fresh as possible going into yesterday to uh, try get the best out of him and uh, I think that's exactly what we saw. He's a bit of a menace for punters. He's placed nine times since he last won. He's only won three races and they were a three-year-old no metro win, uh, 66 plus, and a two-year-old no metro win hasn't won since October 2020. But saying that, he's rated. It, you'd love to own him. He's rated probably 75 after yesterday's run, and he's won nearly three hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. Yeah, he's he, just been. He's just an, an earner, an absolute earner. So. Uh, it was just good to see that him, him able to sort of string it together. Chili is hot, I thought, was an excellent run uh, home as, as well. Fresh, a horse that we last saw at the races at 2,100 metres and uh, flashes home for the fastest last 600 of the race at 1,200. Race number eight, the Seacorp Hyperion Stakes. The favourite God has chosen for Clint Johnston supporter and Lindsay Smith. Tested by Massimo. Laverod waits his turn back on the inside of Black Shadow. They're being followed by Captain Chaos. Now Johnston Porter's gone back inside of them here with God has chosen and he's back in a bit of traffic. They're trying to work his way clear. Massimo hits the front. Massimo gets to the lead from Maracino. Captain Chaos. God has chosen. Taking a long time to build. Laverod's coming. Massimo. Captain Chaos. Now God has chosen. Captain Chaos in front though. Captain Chaos. Captain Chaos has upset the favourite. God has chosen. And Johnston Porter went right back inside of traffic there at the 300 metre mark and uh, he got a bit of a checkered pathway. Maracino over on the inside, close up with Massimo Laverot, then dig deep, notorious. Gives us her analysis of the high period. Here's the beaten jockeys. Sean O'Donnell, notorious one. Yeah, good effort. He's a bit difficult. He got turned a bit sideways up the straight and put him off his. That's when he was going to. Well, you think he'd launch, but creditable run, put it that way. Thanks. Brett Palmer, Massimo. Yeah, look, he ran a good race. Um, the tempo was probably a little bit stronger than what I would have personally liked it to be. But, um, yeah, I feel like for him to get the mile, he probably needs to get it soft early. But uh, he did himself proud and dead eating for third. I thought it was a good run. Brett Rawwiller, Ross Deprovich. Yeah, really happy with his run. He didn't uh, get any joy as far as um, uh, getting any lucky running. And um, even though, you know, getting ground and... You know, it's, it's sort of one thing to keep his momentum going, but still, when you're three wide, no cover, it um, always takes a, a dash off you. But his last feeling was great. Lecter uh, Romoli Platoon. Uh, need, do, do, need to see him in the next round. Joe has a party, same as that? Yeah, he probably he just whacked away a bit today. Didn't find a line like he can, so. Jason Whitey, Marichino. Yeah, good guts. The effort battled on really well. Good John Supporter, God has chosen. Uh, just unlucky, probably should have won. Labor Rod, Kishore Doran. Uh, very good run and pretty improving. That Carberry dig deep. 
I ended up on the fence in a middle, muddling run race. Um, when he did get clear air, he, he was slightly disappointing in the stroke. Jason Brown, Black Shadow. Yeah, first up, that was pretty good, so I'm um, going to the 2000. He should uh, strip a lot fitter. Kiri or Paddy's Shadow? Yeah, it was a nice enough run leading up to the next start, first up over a mile, and obviously isn't a trip, so, yeah, moving forward, I'm sure she'll improve. That was the beaten jockeys. Brits, a captain chaos, great training effort this from Michael Grantham, getting this scalloper back to his best, defeating God has chosen, a bit unlucky, and Massimo, good effort for third. Great training effort here from Michael Grantham. I think he was left scratching his head a little bit after that Belmont sprint and... uh you know, he, he said that he probably didn't pull up the best of the horse and uh, had some excuses. So for, for Michael, and he's really candid with how he tells you, you know, how he's feeling. I think it's really nice to see that insight from a young trainer who I'm sure was, you know, thinking every day, trying to make sure that he was as best as he possibly could be going into this. And I think it was relief and, and satisfaction yesterday to see him bounce back in a similar way to It's a Ray Day, lobbed a nice spot and then just peeled three deep into the corner and you could just see him travelling beautifully into it. So uh, a huge victory by Captain Chaos, but the talking point out of the race has to be God has chosen. Should have won the race. Uh, I think Clint said it there in, in his beaten jockeys, but you make you know, a split second decision there. It was a really interesting one to watch because he had the back of Rostropovich three deep with cover, but you're probably thinking Rostropovich isn't the horse that you're wanting to follow in. And all of a sudden, a couple underneath him were starting to make their runs. And all of the types of horses, we were talking a divine shadow was at triple figures. Uh, there was a Ganjemi horse in there as well. It was Samizdat. The those horses probably weren't the ones you wanted to be on the back of. And I think if he had his time again, he just would have taken the medicine and just gone out wide and, you know, he would have had to make the run seven deep around the corner, but it wouldn't have probably mattered. Um, instead, he he's tried to, you know, cut corners. You look like a genius if it comes off. And, you know, how many times we've um, applauded people, jockeys for doing that, William Pike and Clint's done it himself. Uh, unfortunately, it just didn't quite work out. Notorious one, Sean O'Donnell was, you know, Notorious one was laying in, which just didn't allow God has chosen to get out until late. But gee, he was still a good run to, to launch at the line the way he did. And you could see Clint's disappointment after the line. He just bowed his head down. But uh, as good jockeys do, he bounced back and won the next. He did. Anything else to add out of the feature? No, I think no? the beaten jockey's probably covered it. All right, let's do it. Race number nine, the Crown Towers Handicap. Over the 1,400 metres, Billy Ray, the favourite in an open event. Back behind them, beat the bro, separate. Gunmetal Grey coming around them wide. Vital flirt, heart of Kerr further back, testing love as well. Into the home straight, featherweight ranged up. Hit the front now from Ella Feller. Over on the outside, our Norman Savinick still there. And now getting through Billy Ray. Billy Ray works into the open, hits the front, goes to the lead from featherweight. Heart of Kerr coming down the outskirts of the track with its run. But Billy Ray dashes away with 100 left to go. Heart of Kerr is still finishing. It's Billy Ray. Heart of Kerr coming, so is the post. Billy Ray wins it. Billy Ray beat Heart of Kerr. Blow me out, ran third. Separate. Fashion Queen. Yes, good win that from Billy Ray. Good ride. Clint Johnston, Porter, Heart of Kerr. Back-to-back second placings for the Stephen Burton-trained uh, gelding and uh, blow me out ran into third really consistent preparation another placing for blow me out what a race to finish off the day when we were looking at about six dollars the field from a betting perspective and one where i think most people would have had a number of options in their quaddy 
And then the favourite, Billy Ray, comes out and wins. It's always the way, isn't it? But for a horse that at his first two outings this campaign in Albany, uh, he finished second at both of those, beaten uh, $2.70, a $2.90 favourite. He's come back to town and uh, has won his last two, uh, a horse that I think had been a little bit polarising for punters old Billy Ray, but Bob had never really given up hope and uh, he's delivering for him now. You mentioned there, Heart of Coer, what a massive run that was by this gelding. So uh, he has to have one in him very, very soon. Okay, that wraps up the look at yesterday's program. Before we get on to the text line, the Retrovision text line, horses to follow, Britt. We'll just uh, get them off you in a moment. On Racing Rewind, it is time for the boys to look back and determine who are the black bookers, the ones to be on next start, the horses to follow. Horses to follow, Brett? Uh, yes, Alex. Whilst I'm trying to do two things at once and look <laughs> at the 100 options you've given me for this name, um, let me go back and have a look at who I want to follow. Um, I think Semigel can actually be one to follow. Just eligible for that Westby Platinum grade and uh, things just didn't go right. Senior rider embargo now on. So, um, yeah, I think All right, Semigel it is. Tell you yep. what, Brett, you've got a pretty tough job. Okay. While you read through the list I've just given you, <laughs> there is a stack of names that have been presented to us. There's a few, just reading out a few here. I like David Hunter's suggestion, Eurythmic. Let's remember our champions. Good idea. The Yarradale Stakes, of course, again, in tribute to Ron Sayers. The Sunset we've had, that we've spoken about. The Wajuk Cup, of course, with the Indigenous um, feel to it Mm -hmm. there. The Peters Cup. Bob can put up prize money. You can have a golden ice cream for the trophy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mind it. How about the Kersley for the race name in recognition of the achievements of Fred Kersley in the industry. The epic sunset combining the greatness and beauty of the final race of the series. Um, We've had the CY O'Connor with the Kings Park. We've had three different uh, suggestions for the Kings Park. The Beachlands has been put to us. The Western Wind, the Sunset Horizon. There's a stack there. The Quokka, the Indian Ocean, the Wildflower. <laughs> I'm in real trouble Red. here. You've got about 30, or have another 30 or 60 seconds to have a look because it's important. Leia Ernest has just walked into the studio. I think we're going to get grabs. her help as well. Okay, just on looking at them, I, I'm liking... Have Kim- you narrowed it down? Uh, okay, the Kimberley, the Argyle... The sunset. Um, I, I like the the poetry around the sunset. I think that was, you know, the last one of the pinnacles. That I don't mind the swan. The black swan as well was put to us. There's a couple there for the black swan. Didn't mind that one personally. Okay, Leia and I have made an executive decision that the $50 tab touch voucher goes to the person who had the sunset. The sunset. <laughs> All right, the sunset. <laughs> is the winner, and I tell you what, that was a fair while ago, so we'll scroll down. Michael from Salter Point, well done to you, Michael. Thank you for your input. Thank you to everyone for their input in uh, that, the suggestions for the new Honestly, there were some excellent suggestions there, and if I had another hour, I would probably come up and have a little bit more thought, but that's that's what we're going quickly because of the reasoning behind it. It just shows there's a lot of room for uh, creativity in this uh, new... uh, race and the name for it. Britt, thank you so much for your time on Racing Rewind this morning. I hey, really appreciate through. you filling in for your brother, yes. Dr. Kalgoorlie, and Michael Heaton as well. So you've done a wonderful job. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll catch you throughout the week.